Welcome to the Hospitality Forward podcast with listeners in more than 160 countries worldwide. My name is Hannah Lee. I am president and founder of Hannah Lee Communications, an award-winning global PR agency specialized in hospitality and travel. And I'm Michael Anstendig, editor-in-chief of Hannah Lee Communications, as well as the award-winning co-author of The Japanese Art of the Cocktail and The Food and Beverage Writer. Helping the community has always been part of our agency's mission. We understand that a lot of business owners, bartenders, chefs, sommeliers, and others might not have the resources to hire a PR agency. We believe everyone has a story to share, so we created our podcast where our listeners can get to know leading reporters and writers and start building relationships. Each week, these top journalists from around the globe share their practical advice on how hospitality and travel industry professionals can be featured in their stories. In fact, one of our loyal listeners got featured in the New York Times after listening to our podcast and following our media guest tips. So, you could be next. In addition, we give away a copy of our agency's book, The Japanese Art of the Cocktail, to a listener who shares how our podcast helped them tell their story to the media. Simply email us at hello at hanaleecommunications.com, have hospitality forward in the subject line, and share the tip that you learned. And now, on with the show. In this episode, we're delighted to chat with Allie Wilansky. Allie is a freelance food, cocktail, and travel writer who contributes to Travel and Leisure, Forbes, Food Network, and other top outlets. Allie has spent the last two decades traveling the world in the pursuit of the hottest spices and the most delicious cocktails. She covers lifestyle topics with a focus on food, home, and wellness. Allie's daily Substack email newsletter goes out to thousands of media professionals each day. Hi, Ellie. Welcome to the show. It's so nice to see you. So great to see you, too. Thank you for having me. It's really our pleasure. So, Ellie, you're an accomplished journalist with two decades of experience. What do you love most about writing? I love that I never have a boring day. Like, I have new assignments every single day. I get to chat with interesting new people. It's like going to school and learning things, but fun things. Did you always want to be a journalist? I always wanted to be a writer, but not necessarily a journalist. I went through a stage where I really wanted to write trashy romance novels, <laughs> but I just segued into what I like reading about, which I still like that, but I also love food and I love cocktails. You write for many top publications. So what kind of topics do you cover? Um, usually mostly lifestyle topics, shopping your pantry, um, dining out, cooking at home, um, cocktail guides, a little bit of travel, like all the fun things that we like to do in our spare time. And of course, gift guides around the holidays because someone has to. <laughs> so, Alec, could you kindly share with our listeners how you tailor your stories to match the voice of premier publications like Travel and Leisure, Forbes and Food Network? Well, I think that part of writing a story for those outlets is knowing their readership and reading the kind of content they have before you even pitch a story to them. So I know what type of stories the readers for different publications will be interested in, and that's how I know where to pitch a story. So then can you tell us who are the audience for Travel and Leisure versus Forbes.com versus Food Network? 
Well, for travel and leisure, I do mostly like shopping type stories. So the audience there are mostly people looking for at least the content I write travel gear. So I might write about luggage for them, or I just did a story on packing cubes. So that's very specific to, hey, I'm a frequent traveler. This is the kind of stuff that I need to make my trip easier or more comfortable. Forbes, it's more about dining and drinking specifically. So like I might do a roundup of cocktails pegged to a specific holiday or things going on at like a steakhouse, like best steakhouse sides. It's all basically pegged to me being out for drinks or dinner and having an idea of a common theme. While Food Network, it's mostly trend stories. If there's a new product release that's interesting or a celebrity has a fun new tie-in. So as you get to do write for an outlet over and over, you kind of have an idea of, well, this would be a fit for this outlet, but not so much for that one. So Ellie, you are one of the most prolific writers we know, often doing three stories a day. So how do you find inspiration for your stories? It's all over the place. It might be from browsing on TikTok. I see a fun trend people are speaking about or my travels. I get a lot of inspiration from travels, eating out, drinking out, like reading menus. I love browsing menus just for fun, which is a little nerdy, but that gives me ideas all the time. Um, I sometimes get an idea from watching a TV show and I'm like, hey, that's interesting. Let me look into that. Inspiration is everywhere if you look for it. And actually, you know what? Michael and you have something in common. Oh, really? He loves reading menu. And actually, he has a, like on his Instagram's channel, he has a series called Every Menu Has a Story. And I believe it. Yeah. I love menus. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah. They're they're like little little novels condensed. Yes, and it's exciting when you go to a new cocktail bar and you see a menu that does look like you're in a an apothecary or you're in like an old Victorian like lounge. I think menus and the way they're designed are almost as interesting as what's on the menu. Absolutely. So Ali, do you typically pitch stories to your editors or are you frequently assigned articles to write? Um, 50-50. At this point, I have some editors I've been writing for for years. So we have like a good ebb and flow relationship where I know what they need. They know they know what I'm looking for. So they may give me assignments. I might pitch them ideas. Could be a little bit of both. So I'm pitching every single day. Even if I get a full load of assignments and I'm totally swamped, I'm still pitching because I'm always thinking about, well, what am I working on tomorrow or next week? But I'm also getting assignments almost every day. For our listeners who want to pitch you, how far in advance should they reach out to you? I always think early bird does definitely get the worm. I My greatest advice would be to subscribe to my Substack because I put on there everything I'm working on and it's free and it goes into people's inbox every single day. So that way people can know A, what I'm working on, but perhaps even more importantly, what I'm no longer working on so they don't waste their time pitching me for something that I've already wrapped up because things happen kind of hard and fast. I might be working on a story today and post it in my Monday newsletter and then by Tuesdays, it's kaput. So <laughs> definitely it's a way of like keeping on top of what's happening, what I'm working on that's new. But in general, if you're thinking about like major holidays, like, you know, Christmas or anything, do it as early as possible because I could always come back to your email later. But if it's too late, it's too late. Yeah. So then 
does the lead time differ for different publications? Um, for most of my outlets, I have a very short lead time. Like I usually get assignments that are due in like a couple of days or even a couple of hours. So it's more about being in my inbox. And so when I get those assignments, I could just do a quick search phrase and find it and it's already there. We noticed that many of your Forbes.com articles have a number in the headline. For example, 25 creative pies to try on National Pizza Day or 40 romantic cocktails for Valentine's Day. So why numbers? And how do you come up with the specific ones? Um, it's mostly circumstantial. If I'm doing a roundup like the pizza day story, it might be 25 pizzas in the story, but I was pitched like 500 pizzas for that one. It was absurd. So it basically comes down to, I usually don't have a specific number that I have to do, but like when I go through it and I find all the ones I like the best, I try to get it to a nice round buzzy number. But then there's also standalone stories that I do that are just like one specific thing that I'm writing about. What type of story or the pitches um, get your attention? Like, is that the headline? Is that the way they write the story? I mean, what attracts your attention? I think as far as headlines, what helps me a lot is if it's very descriptive. Like if you're pitching me pink martini glasses for Valentine's Day, it's in your best interest to put specifically that in the subject line. So if I do that search of my inbox, I will find that and it'll be right there. Um, I know it's people very often want to do something like punny or cute to like get your attention. But if it doesn't also tell you what's inside, that can be counter. I think. So be very descriptive, be unique in some way, be interesting. Like the reason people were so into that like dirty martini pasta that was all over TikTok was only because people weren't really doing that before and like, hey, that's a fun idea. So if it's something that's different, I'm like, oh, cool. That's kind of fun. That's what I'm going to want to write about. Well, your, your stories are certainly never boring. Thank you. And we noticed for the Food Network, you write a lot about it you know, new products from like these big household name companies like Oreos and Pringles and Popeyes, which happen to be some of our favorite guilty pleasures. Mm -hmm. So how do these fun eats and drinks get on your radar? Well, I mean, definitely I get email pitches where people tell me it's coming out. But also I spend a lot of time browsing aisles and some of the stories I write come out of, oh, I'm in Trader Joe's or I'm in Aldi. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's new. That's fun. Let me find out more about that. And so that's like another example of your basic daily life being inspirational. Like all I'm doing is grocery shopping and I get a story idea. So for your travel and leisure, you've written many stories about personal safety product for travelers. So how did that become one of your specialties? Well, they basically asked me to do a couple of those stories. Like I had pitched a few ideas that were just like, hey, this is interesting because like I'm a female solo traveler. I do those. And with any outlet, when you do a couple of a certain kind of story and they like like them and they're received well, like, hey, like you did this. Maybe you should do this one too. But I think definitely if you're traveling solo, like 
personal safety is like a big thing because sometimes like you could be kind of a little bit like nervous. <laughs> Absolutely. No, Understandably. The, those articles were very educational. And actually, I send those links to some of our friends, girlfriends. Hey, look, you got to read this because it's very helpful. No, it's a, it's a real service to the readers. It is. Yeah. It's like little things that you could do that like might cost you like a few pennies or a couple of dollars that give you peace of mind or even stuff like, hey, this is like a luggage cup holder. So you don't like burn yourself trying to cover your hold your coffee when you go down the escalator. Like, you know, basic life skills. Like, everyone needs a life hack. That's great. So, as you know, our listeners are pretty much within hospitality and travel industry. So, when our audience members are ready to pitch their stories, can you share some top tips on how to get your attention or what not to do or what to do? Absolutely. So um, first of all, yes, a very descriptive subject line goes a long way. I also tell people in the body of their email, if they could be very top heavy, like get all the nuts and bolts in the first paragraph, like the inverted news pyramid that we learned in journalism. Like if you could fit the main idea of whatever you're pitching me in the first paragraph, I know if I need to go further or not. And definitely stick to email. I get a lot of pitches like over like DM and it's hard to categorize those because we were just speaking about searching my inbox to find a pitch. I can't do that if it's not in my inbox. So how many emails, pitches do you get a day? Um, depending on if it's gift guide season or not, but if we're not in gift guide season, about 500. Wow. 500. Yeah. This is actually the slower season. <laughs> and if you are in gift guide season, how many? Closer to a thousand. So how do you go through them and how do you prioritize them? How do you pick and choose who you want to feature? It's hard. Basically, I do go through and if I'm currently working on something that I could see from the subject line, this might be a fit for, it'll be the first thing I open. If it's something that looks like it could wait or isn't very timely, it'll probably get open later in the day. I read everything. I don't delete anything. I don't necessarily respond to everything question. For those who don't have a working relationship with you yet, what's the best way to begin one? Definitely. Um, I know I'm being redundant, but totally check out my Substack just because it's part of a community. I share like everything about me. So it's a way of getting to know me, but me getting to know you. So I advise everyone to do that and say hi. Don't be shy. When I read your newsletter, it's very personal. It's very chatty. It's like, I feel like I'm talking to you right in front of each other. Yeah, you, you feel like you have a friend. Mm -hmm. That's really what I want to do. Like, I never, ever want to write anything that is like I'm preaching from some mount because who am I? What gives me the right to do that? That would be absurd. But like, we're all in this together. And honestly, I can't do my job without all of you. And like, I appreciate that. Wow. We appreciate you more. <laughs> it's mutual. So so let's let's shift our focus for a moment. Uh, obviously you're an acclaimed journalist, but you're also a budding entrepreneur and you did your own headband and bow capsule collection. Yeah. So how did that come about? And what else do you have in the pipeline? It totally happened pretty organically. One of my best friends, Lisa, owns a hair salon called RPCL and we were out drinking martinis as one does. And I was like, you know, you should really do like a Valentine's Day, like hair accessories collection for the salon. And she's like, well, why don't you do it with me? And I was like, I, I don't know if I can. I mean, I'm not exactly an artist or a designer. I mean, I know what I like. And so we worked together and I designed a line of Valentine's Day hair bows and 
hair accessories. And it went really well. It was really fun. Congratulations. You know, I love seeing you hustling every day. And I like seeing you doing beyond writing. And obviously, you know, this type of partnership takes time and takes energy and ideas and relationship. It's so lovely to see that you are doing it. It's so exciting. Thank you. And, you know, I think it's fascinating to see how you're expanding your um, sort of like your world, you know, ideas into other business. And, and then after all, it can all connect each other. In a way, it does. Well, I had created my signature dirty martini a while ago, and it was on the menu at my lunch party for my headband. So it all oh. comes together. It's <laughs> all full circle. So we heard that you have a quite of a cocktail name after you at some of the bars in New York City. So how does that come about? Uh, it was a couple of years ago, a publicist friend reached out to me. She was working with a bar at a hotel in um, like the Midtown area. And she's like, have you ever created a cocktail for a bar before? And I was like, no, but I want to. That's super fun. And so I went to the bar and I spent like the middle of the afternoon, like a lady of leisure, making cocktails with the bartender. And we basically, we named it the Dirty Alley. And it's basically a spin on the Dirty Martini. And then I had a birthday party last month where I created a cocktail for that also at another bar. So I named them all after myself because why not? <laughs> what, what's in the dirty alley? Okay, so it's a vodka dirty martini with blue cheese olives, and I have some capers, and I use a little drip of sea salt just to add to the brininess, and I muddle the olives on the bottom instead of doing straight up olive juice. It's very dirty. Like, you're going to feel like the brine. <laughs> what are your favorite food trends that you are seeing right now? I think there's a definite move towards like high, low, like taking something super opulent like caviar and pairing it with a baked potato or fried chicken. I've seen so much of that lately, like dirty tots. Yeah. Or, and I love that because not everyone finds stuff like caviar approachable and that's understandable. But if you could have it in small ways, even if it is like a caviar bump, like you could feel a part of that. And not feel excluded. It, it also can't stop but bring a smile to your face. Oh, absolutely. It's like little luxuries and they're everywhere. And I mean, I love a little luxury. I love a lot of luxury, but I mean, I'm, I'm very happy with a little luxury also. <laughs> and what, what about, what about in the travel space? Any interesting trends there? I've seen definitely a lot more sustainability and wellness oriented travel and. I mean, definitely we're in a place in the world where that's very much needed right now. And I think there's also a movement more towards um, solo travel. Like for a while, it was like multi-generational where people are traveling with like their extended family. And that's still a thing. But I think now people are like, yo, I don't need to have like a whole big posse with me. I can just go and do what I want to do. And, you know, you don't ha you could have an amazing time doing your own thing and not having to be beholden to anyone else. Yeah. I think for those who are traveling solo, they must read your article on travel leisure for safety. Yes, absolutely. And the great thing about it is if you're traveling solo, you don't have to talk to anybody about where should we eat, where should we drink, what should we do today. You could do whatever you want. It's the ultimate luxury. It is. It is the ultimate luxury. And you might meet people in the process and then you won't be solo anymore. <laughs> wow. One of the things that we feel we have in common is our love of social media. And yes. we see you are so active in various channels. So um, what 
platforms help you the most with your work in terms of finding story ideas and sources? Um, I use Instagram a lot. I look at things like, you know, for Trader Joe's fans, very often they're like, oh, you product alerts. I watch that. I watch, follow a lot of like food influencers and travel influencers. I share all my articles though on my Instagram stories and I get a lot of traction that way because it's more eyeballs. You know, people who follow me might put it there. People who I mention in stories might tag me and then I'll share their tag. So definitely I would say as far as bringing attention to my work, um, definitely Instagram. I share on Facebook, but I don't, I think that Facebook's a different kind of platform and that's more for like friends and family while I use Instagram more extensively. I do use TikTok here and there. I don't post a lot, but I'm a voyeur. <laughs> so given you, given your expertise, uh, in social media, what advice would you have for people in our business and hospitality and travel to really leverage their social media presence and get the attention of people like you? Um, be interesting. Like, you know, if you're doing a fun, really photo ready cocktail, post it on your Instagram, like show the process of your bartender making it, tell a fun background story about your ingredients. Like maybe you're growing the herbs right in the back, like whatever it is. Like, I think you want to make it as most interactive as possible. So people are going to be reading what you post and sharing what you post. And that's how you get attention. And I think it's also a way to get to know people on a different level. Like you might be following a writer because you want them to write about you. But in the process, you're like, oh, hey, I love what they made for dinner last night. Or wait, we're watching the same TV show. And I think developing that personal relationship in that way, when you do pitch them, it kind of increases recognizability, which will make it easier for like, if they're going through an inbox of 500 emails, like, hey, I know that person. We were just like, you know, liking each other's posts on Instagram yesterday. Like it makes your name pop out at them. So we named our podcast Hospitality Forward since we salute individuals and companies in our industry that are shaping the future of it. So is there a single individual or organization that you'd like to shout out? Hmm. Okay. So I actually just did a birthday party last month at this bar called Odd Sister in Soho. And I loved it so much. They made me feel so special. They let me design like a cute little menu and the cocktails. And it just really felt like an intimate personal experience while I was still like a classic New York City, like bar speakeasy. And I think that it really spoke to me, like on a level of what I personally like, but also what people are looking for. So I want to shout out them. <laughs> also, another uh, thing in common is that we all love to travel. So for you, Ellie, what country is on your bucket list to visit and why? Um, I've never been to Greece and I really want to go there. Um, you know, back when I was in college, I was really obsessed with like all the ancient Greek myths and all that. And so it's wild to me that I've never been there. I've been close. I've been to Italy a million times and that's like basically across the street, but I've never been there. So that's high on my list. Um, but there's so many places that I want to visit or want to visit again. <laughs> all right. So here's something that's close to our heart. What's your favorite cocktail and why? And who would you like to share it with? Um, my favorite cocktail is a dirty martini, but vodka, not gin. And I would really like to share it with Meghan Markle. I'm, I'm obsessed with royalty in general. And I realize she's not a part of the working, like, royal family at this point. But um, I've 
followed a lot of her life before and after becoming a duchess. And I just think she's fascinating, all the humanitarian work she's done, all she's gone through. And I feel like she would really enjoy a good cocktail and be fascinating to speak to. And what do you see as the next ultra popular it cocktail hitting the scene? Um, actually, I'm going to put my money on the porn star. I know it's very big in Europe and has been for years already. I think it's going to have its moments here. I know the espresso martini did recently and it's still kind of on top. Still going strong. Yeah. And I love it. And I have an espresso martini almost every time I go out. It's very much my thing. But I think the porn star is going to have its moment this year. Before we let you go, Aline, what is the best way for our listeners to reach you? Um, I would say, number one, my Substack, which is easy to find. It's just aliwilansky.substack.com. And you could email me whenever. And um, Instagram. I'm on Instagram nonstop, aliwilansky. So A-L-Y-W-A-L-A-N-S-K-Y. And if you go to my Instagram, I have linked there. My Substack, my email address, the link to my headband. So you can find out everything about me there. <laughs> All right, everybody. Let's go to Ali's Instagram bio. We have our marching orders. <laughs> yes. Ali, thank you so much for chatting with us. And this was so great. And can't wait to see you again and um, share our dirty martini or two. Absolutely. It's a date. Thank you so much for having me. Now that was an enchanting chat with Ali. Now that you know what Ali is looking for, please feel free to reach out to her and introduce yourself. And don't forget to mention that you heard her on our Hospitality Forward podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with your friends and colleagues. And be sure to subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your favorite shows. And for all media guests to date, you can find their information and episodes on our agency's website, www.analeecommunications.com. Until then, join us as we move hospitality forward together.